This April marks 20 years since the lovable anti-hero Shrek first hurled swamp mud at the silver screen. An ogre with as many layers as a stinky onion, he captured the hearts of moviegoers, spawning three sequels and, and an endless, endless wealth of memes. Uh, the soundtrack solidified the enduring relevance of Smash Mouth and the box office take and critical recognition established DreamWorks animation as a substantial competitor to Pixar. There's even a musical, which we'll learn about today, uh, while we are re-examining this children's classic two decades later and looking to the future of the franchise. Welcome to Film House, or should I say Shrek House. <laughs> Welcome to Filmhouse. Uh, I'm your host for this week, Elise, and I am joined by Adam, who's one of Hello. the resident panelists on Filmhouse and hosts. Uh, and we're doing something a little different, a little special this week. We are celebrating mm-hmm. the 20th anniversary of Shrek, which is happening this April. April 2020 will be the... But we're just getting ahead of it, and I'll tell you why. Um, because I was... Didn't April 2020 already happen? 2021, pardon me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was also confused. <laughs> In perfect yeah, Shrek just, fashion, you know, yes, we'll do it. Retroactively. Um, <laughs> because I was having a, a chat with two of the guests that are on the podcast today. Katie Ward, mm-hmm. Shrek aficionado, and Jack Patillo, who you know from Achievement Hunter. Uh, and Katie, oh, wow. I, was, I was talking with them about Filmhouse. And Katie said, you know, asked me, like, what is this podcast? What do you do? And I said, well, we talk about movies. We talk about news. We dissect different genres, et cetera. And she said, she said confidently and unironically, <laughs> let me know when you get to the Shrek episode. <laughs> like, she said that like it's a, it was a done like, thing obviously. that was, that was going to happen on the wow. podcast. She said, I, she said, I'll be there. Let me know when you get to the Shrek episode. Like, that was the thing. And... <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? I mean, it and, seems pretty. I mean, she was kind of right. Why wouldn't it be? And then I did look it up and say that, see that this April is the, is the 20th anniversary. And I thought, holy shit, we can be the first to cover the 20th anniversary of Shrek. <laughs> and the last. The bleeding edge. <laughs> so, I mean, Katie, wow. I know why this is important to Jack, but why is it important to you? <laughs> it's important to me because it's important to Jack. No, I, mm. I man, I freaking love the shit out of Shrek. <laughs> I have my, like, ever since it came out, I just think it's really, it's a fun movie that I have a lot, associate a lot of, like, childhood memories with, watching with my younger siblings and my mom and uh, just over and over and over again. But it just has so many in-jokes, so many like references that are just, that fit. It's kind of like the Simpsons in that style of comedy that it's just easily referenceable. Um, And the more I watch it, like Jack and I, I say Jack and I, I forced Jack to watch a couple (laughs) of the films this week uh, to to prep. Actually, actually, I started watching it before I told you (laughs) to do the episode. So I was pre pre gaming. Um, and, uh, there's a joke that, that Jack had to explain to me that I completely missed. Like I just, so it's even now 10, 20 years later, I'm still getting jokes that I didn't know. You sweet, sweet swamp child. Yeah, that's true. That one you really did have to go, yeah, obviously. And I'm like, Was Ew. it double entendre? Yeah, which, which joke? Yeah, which joke? No. Because Shrek is he's chock watching. full of adult humor. It's Oh, so actually yeah. there's two. First, he had to explain to me that Farquaad is fuckwad, which I mean, <laughs> yeah, how did obviously. I not know that? Um, also looks like Michael Eisner. But, yeah. yeah. But, well, the second one is when Lord Farquaad is, uh, has sent Shrek off on to the, this is the first movie has sent Shrek off to go collect Fiona. 
and he's making the mirror show him her like wishfully looking out of the tower and he's like show me one more time and he's sipping a cocktail and then suddenly he gets an erection and i was you like can see it and you can i don't see remember it. this part okay. Shrek. Uh-huh. Oh. like didn't... the blanket moves and he like lifts oh. the sheet and he goes oh like yeah right it's oh so... <laughs> i've seen this filter on instagram or i've seen this uh okay i just didn't I remember know the, i remember the mirror looking away in disgust yeah. Yeah. but is it is it a, an erection the same way the Little Mermaid had an erection? Was it's, it a reference to that erection? It's a little bit more obvious. Like I, because I, I had recently read about that. It's like, oh yeah, like when Farquaad gets a, a boner, and I was like, what? And then I saw, I was like, oh, oh no, it's there. Like yeah. you can, I mean, it's not like clearly defined, but it's like the sheet moves without him touching it, and then he grabs and then he it and like pulls it up. It up. Wow. Yeah. Adam is googling Farquaad boner right now. <laughs> yeah. I well, yes, I looked up those exact words. <laughs> But I did it on the Funhouse account, and that's what's important. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, Does he actually get a boner? Before we get into it, while Adam's looking at the boner stuff, I just wanted to give some background on Shrek. Uh, It was adapted from a 1900 uh, fairy tale picture book of the same name by William Stieg. And uh, John H. Williams, who was a producer at DreamWorks, he took the project to Jeffrey Katzenberg because he had read this book with his toddler. You say 1900? I think it was 1900, or maybe, did I get the number wrong? It was 1990. Wrong? It's 1990. <laughs> I was going to say, it was like a picture book I, I'm from the 1900s. I, I'm trying to think if my, if my, because I think the, oh man, oh maybe it was 1990. Okay, yeah, sorry, it was 1990. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of a 1900 it, picture book, though. Yeah, yeah. predated, I guess, um, making fun of all the stuff. Sorry, sorry to derail you no, there. No, no, because in my notes I had 1990, but then I was like, for some reason I thought this was older. Did I make a typo? Um, but yeah, it, the, the Shrek was the movie that nobody at DreamWorks wanted to work on. Uh, it was a demotion. You, you, they called it getting Shreked if you got sent to work on Shrek. Uh, it, it, it went through a, a storied production, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And it, by all odds, was a huge success, grossing almost $500 million worldwide on a, pro- a production budget of $60 million. Got the first Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. I mean, that shocks it, me. That shocks me that like Lion King or Little Mermaid yeah. or something that are beating the beast didn't get it before that. Well, when did the animated feature category get introduced? That's a good question. That is it was a around good after that time because animated movies started becoming as good as the feature films yeah. and they had to give it its own category. Uh, Elise, um, I double checked for you. October 17th, 1990 was the publication date of the original Shrek by William Stieg. I mean, Only you Googled like that, years. but should we believe yeah. it? Is that real true news? Could or? that? I mean, things can be changed, yeah. Jack. Don't read everything you read online. Okay, so it, it is Wikipedia. It can be edited. I think Shrek predates World War One. Is what we're trying to say. <laughs> That's what I, I, don't you remember the kids remember in the Dust Bowl Shrek, reading Shrek? Uh, <laughs> Shrek painted on the side of World War Two bombers. <laughs> I, I Get Shrek Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Anola so, Shrek. The year of Shrek was the first animated award category. It was it was almost like Shrek came out oh, and they went, oh. we have to figure out how to recognize this. Make the category. Yeah, I was, was, was going to say, I, Shrek's good. Don't get me wrong. But when you put it up against like Toy Story, Toy Story 2, yeah. I guess it, maybe Shrek and Toy Story 2 came out the same year. Right? It was up against Monsters, Inc. Wow. Oh, okay. as an off year. It was up against Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Fant- Final Fantasy, Spirits Within, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. So close. Osmosis Jones. Ooh. Um, that that has live action bits in it. That doesn't count. True. And Shrek looks like real life, so 
Uh, that shouldn't count either. No, Monsters Inc. <laughs> is good, but yeah. You think Shrek looks like real life? Who, who do you <laughs> associate that, yourself it's, with? It's I mean, real. Like when it first came out, I, you were, you thought like, wow, is that erection real? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 the animation, guys, the animation, it, it's a little, going back and watching it, like, like Katie and I just rewatched it, it's like, ooh, some of that animation is pretty rough. I mean, it yeah. looks like yeah. parts of it are solid, but like yeah. there are elements. I'm like, mm, all right. You, you yeah. suddenly notice that the foreground is really well done and really well fleshed out, but the the background you can see. Oh, that's just a green smudge that's supposed to be like <laughs> a forest. <laughs> that's oh, the okay. shit hovel Shrek, Shrek lives in. <laughs> we don't yeah. need to do much for that. <laughs> Why do you guys did think you get- Shrek did so well? Like, what do you think the appeal was that it made a billion? dollars it was very for its time it was very meta like that was a thing like they're referencing stuff that was like like at one point like fiona does like a thing straight out of the matrix where she like jumps up in the air and the camera pans around her and it's like oh that's a matrix thing and at that point in time that that wasn't really being done as much like the internet like the internet is kind of ruined meta stuff for everyone because the internet is all about like i know references i know references but back then it was like you had your you know your fairly brothers movies who would do like you know straight up like parodies of stuff and then it wasn't really much like that. And so I think to me, that was the thing that kind of it was like, oh, wow, this is like it's a kid's movie. But clearly the adults are almost the target. And then it's like, but it's also a kid's movie, you know, um, you know, like just elements of that. Like even like the the, the Duloc song in the beginning is like, you know, what, what shine your shoes, wipe your face. face. <laughs> it's like, OK, like. I, I don't know. It was, it was so it was so nudge nudge winky winky that um, that I think it had a little bit different element to it, and I think that's why it kind of hit so hard. Yeah, like I mean, Pixar movies do that, but they definitely lean more towards the children. Yeah. And then there's like you'll catch a few things if you're an adult, but it, it's usually pretty classy humor or th- stuff that only adults would get. But then, like as a kid watching Shrek, you're like, "Am I supposed to be watching this? It feels like they're being <laughs> naughty." You yeah, know? all the it's, double entendres. It just, it felt like, <laughs> this sounds weird. Growing up, having seen it when it came out, like it felt more like raw. You're like, yeah, cool. Cartoons for older people. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as you get older, you're like, well, yeah, I guess now that's, that humor seems pretty dated. Mm-hmm. But at the time, really? yeah. I, I don't know if I agree that it's dated. I, I think you're totally. Well, I mean, like, like the, the references and yeah. stuff like that. Right. Like that it has been done by so many other people. But I, I yeah. think some of the base humor and some of the stuff is just childish, like call, calling Lord Farquaad. Which just means fuck why because Katzenberg is just so small. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. There's there's some things, but there's like there's there's plenty of I, I think a lot of just Mike Myers and uh, Eddie Murphy just kind of doing their thing. Yeah. And that and those are obviously more kind of adult comics and them just being funny kind of in an improv kind of way. Yeah. I think leans itself more towards the adult. This is interesting. Uh, Elise, I don't know if you were going to get into this, but I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. So a lot of people know that Chris Farley was the original Shrek and then he died in 1997, but he was going to do the voice. He, he may have actually recorded, he recorded some. It. Yeah, they spent, yeah. I think, $4 million re-recording and, and redoing parts for Mike Myers. And apparently, so it was Chris Farley and Fiona was going to be voiced by Janine Garofalo. I saw that. And which Janine I did Garofalo, not know. She had a pretty like biting remark when she was asked why she was recast. And she was like, I don't know. I think it's because I sound like a man sometimes. They didn't tell me. Like, fuck them. <laughs> and, I, and I was Jeez, like, oh, wow. Janine. But then she um, was in Ratatouille. So she got her she got her dream of being in a, in a animated film. But I did saw, you know that they had her dream? They, they were being a French uh, chef. They rec- from what I remember reading, they recorded actually um, Mike Myers doing. He he was trying to replicate 
the same um, voice of Chris, Farley, of Chris yeah. Farley and then decided later on that he didn't like it. He hated it and forced mm-hmm. them to re-record all the dialogue he had done in a, in his like kind of sort of Scottish accent. He like, yeah. forced them to, to do that as well, which I thought was interesting. Which like one of mm-hmm. my early Mike Myers experiences was so I married an axe murderer. Where he's do, you know he's doing the old Scottish uh, like dad or grandpa like so like move heed new his son heed who's got a giant <laughs> head that he calls heed <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think his parents are Scot of Scottish accents so he was just like doing he's like oh I know I know Scottish so I, I can do this but uh, it's hard to imagine a Shrek that would have been like a Chris Farley like donkey yeah. <laughs> like we gotta get out of the swamp it's like David Spade uh, is donkey or something oh my god yeah. could you imagine <laughs> <sighs> the, uh, what, what world we could have had? Uh, <laughs> uh, supposedly, there's a there's a Shrek reboot in the works as well. Good. According to again again according to the Wikipedia page. You're just taking all of Elisa's. You didn't even. I know. Yeah. Google Doc. We were. We were still there. But you're still rolling ahead, Jack. I just thought Elise disconnected. I'm sorry. I thought I had to take this thing over. That you were just taking over. I wanted to say something to Adam's point, not to do the the thing where you take it back. But I did want to say, who's the director of Sixteen Candles and John Hughes? Oh, John Hughes. John Hughes. He did something when he made those when he made those films. He really respected the teenage experience. He nailed I, it. I think that yeah, we're, by, by not that. treating them, do you say you disagree? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like those movies of age, like a fine milk. But well, like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you always have to look at it through the lens of, well, that was the time. Right. There's but, cultural but I mean, like, and a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't trying to uh, sugarcoat what it was like to be a teenager. He, he very much yeah. tried to really respect their experience and sort of showcase that. Um, and I think that Shrek, Shrek sort of did what that. Shrek showed it like to be like an ogre. It was like, I think that uh, that Shrek, that the filmmakers weren't trying to make, weren't trying to feed kids just like silly kid stuff. They were trying to, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way, sort of treat them like they were smarter than a lot of other people do. When like you just read them a regular fairy tale, they're like, okay, it's like every other fairy tale. But this one had yeah, flaws. I, and I think that that th- was I, cool. I'm, I'm with you there. And, and like, it, it's like the story. It, I like the stories when Disney gets too far up their own ass and then they, 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 they get too comfortable with themselves. And then a group leaves and starts something like DreamWorks yeah. or the Imagineers leave and go make Harry Potter world. When, you know, they, they start to get worried that like, Oh crap, other people can do the thing better than us. And it forces everyone to get better at what mm-hmm. they're doing. And, but I mean, that, that is the story is like a group of animators left and started doing their own thing. And they, they, gave Disney a run for their money, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Well, and to that, Adam, also this is coming off of the, the Disney renaissance that we all grew up in, which was like a, mm-hmm. re- a return to these really classic stories with, with great morals and they're very saccharine, they're very family friendly. And then Shrek came along and said, all those tired Disney cliches, we're going to parody and spoof them all mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make fun of them. And it's going to be from former Disney people who are doing it too. So it's even like twisting the knife, like the, you know, Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. the Kingdom of Far Far Away parodies mm-hmm. that traditional fairy tale kingdom, Three Little Pigs, like nothing is sort of off limits, and they all do it in a way where, because everyone knows fairy tales, it's such a universal subject matter. We all get the parodies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like it's a movie where it parodies baseball and you don't get the the inside reference. It's just like yeah. it's so. Uh, well, also, Disney did a thing where yeah. everyone knows most of these characters through Disney movies. So you say Cinderella, you're thinking Disney Cinderella, but it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's public domain. Like you could we could make a Cinderella movie right now and be perfectly yeah. fine. 
But when you still give us a hard time somehow. Yeah, but I mean, but you, you say, you know, you say Peter Pan, you say, you know, you say Cinderella and like immediately you think of like the Disney productions of it. So just doing anything related to those characters, immediately you're going to have that like kind of like, oh, they're kind of poking fun at Disney. And it's like, well, I mean, not yes, but not really. And like it's inadvertently. The, yeah. The, the Peter Pan bit in Shrek. I didn't realize how how funny it was until we rewatched it that Peter Pan is selling Tinkerbell. <laughs> like he just has her in it like they're in the line and everyone's selling their magical creatures to be sent away. Mm-hmm. And Peter Pan is just holding Tinkerbell like he's gonna sell Tinkerbell. And I'm just like <laughs> I guess it never it's I knew dark. I, Right. I knew that they were making fun of these sort of, you know, like Elisa saying these fairy tales. But that one I was like, Oh damn, <laughs> that's real. Yeah. yeah. It it just like it and it's funny because it, it does it so well. The the subsequent movies sort of seem to lose that steam or that edge of parodying that world. I feel like I not Puss in Boots. I totally disagree. <laughs> I didn't see well, that I feel, too, I feel like so it becomes more of like Shrek having a midlife crisis in every other movie. Maybe maybe not as much in two. Two I think is is almost a parody on like the Hollywood system to an extent. But but three and four feel like. Shrek doesn't know if he wants to be married. Shrek doesn't know if he wants to be a dad. Like, get it together, Shrek. He used to roll around in mud with your with a donkey. Like, Shrek up. Yeah. Shrek up. Seriously. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that they weirdly managed to retain their charm. I I actually think the second movie is better than the first movie. Oh. Um, which is difficult. Gonna hear about that, that in the comments. Pardon? <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> They'll, they'll you brought me here it. to talk about Shrek, at least. <laughs> you, you can have your opinions. It's okay. <laughs> but I mean, and they also like, and to, to that point, they're also keeping it fresh by bringing in new characters every time. So in the second one, they have mm-hmm. the fairy godmother, who is supposed to be this, like you said, talking about parodies again, who's supposed to be this like really wonderful, uh, altruistic, selfless being who's actually this woman with her own agenda and a potion empire, you know, uh, and her son is is Prince Charming, who was supposed to rescue Fiona. Um, and James talked about the messaging of Shrek turning into a handsome, um, like, knight in shining armor kind of character, which I thought was, he had opinions about that, which I thought was uh, really interesting. But in the third movie, I love the third movie, and I don't understand why you've got in here. You you put in here somewhere that the, the um, bad people are... Uh, I put which characters I think would be good to return for a reboot and which ones I think. Are... Oh, that's what it was. Okay. I yeah. was confused about that. But they bring back in the third movie, Arthur Lancelot. Lancelot's only in it for a second. But he goes to this high school. Like you get to, it expands the world a lot, which I thought was really cool. You meet Arthur um, mm. at the time played by Justin Timberlake when he and Cameron Diaz were actually together. And then, uh, and yeah, Melon. And I just thought that was, I don't know, I Time thought it was capsule. cool the way they, they continued to expand the universe. You're right, though. But I think that that's also, in terms of like Shrek having kids and having a crisis about that. I don't know. I could see what I could see what you mean about like okay, we have to sit through Sh- Shrek having a a, myth, a transition. <laughs> yeah, it, it becomes less about let's parody uh, these classic fairy tales and and these cliches and let's you know now. I mean, I guess it, it's adds depth to the character of Shrek, but I'm kind of like that's that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, yeah, was those things. Well, they're uh, easy to it watch. Took itself right? too seriously. Yeah. You can, have, you can all have itself. your opinions. <laughs> I I honestly I don't I, I think I saw the second one and I went that I maybe I've outgrown Shrek. And then it's <laughs> like the first one I remember watching in theaters. I think my mom still has the DVD at her house. 
like we watched it a lot. I was like, I love this first track. It's great. And then the second one came out. Uh, maybe I'm too old. So like it happened pretty quick. And then I think, yeah, third and then Puss in Boots. And then there's a bunch of other stuff. Kung Fu Panda then became the hotness. So Well, Shrek you know, 2. I, I think we all moved on. Shrek 2 Adam has the iconic uh uh david bowie changes sequence where shrek has been turned to a man and he's walking uh down the street as david bowie's changes plays and i mean but not my timeless (laughs) and i mean no it's not david bowie but it is timeless uh i I, well that's when shrek becomes just a a different colored version of himself <laughs> yeah, kind of still looks the same. At least you bring up an interesting thing because the music in the Shrek movies is actually like there's some I mean, there's great music in it, but it's like yeah. just it feels oddly placed like in the first movie, like it just kicks into hallelujah at the end of it. It's like, oh, yeah, what? Which if you know, the actual like the messaging behind that song is pretty messed up. But still, it was like, oh, OK, well, just threw in yeah. hallelujah. It's, you and know. it's also Zack Snyder's song. No one else should be using it. That's true. Uh, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Waiting for Batfleck to show up. Yeah, it's one of those things that sort of dates a movie, too. I think whenever you use licensed mm-hmm. music, like, I think you can use it sparingly, but, like, a movie like The Incredibles, I think, will be timeless because yeah. it is this weird sort of retro-futuristic thing that you can't really place, but then the music is very fitting to that. Um, and, you know, you know uh, yeah, Smash Mouth at no point comes into play, but I think that's what that's what will almost immediately make anything feel dated if you're trying to use something that was, you know, quote, cool around the time like Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. Did Smash Mouth have a hit that wasn't in a movie? Like was it was walking in the was walking, walking in the sun. In the sun. That, was, was their first, that was their first like, song, I think. Because right? All Star was song. in the yeah. Mystery Men, which yes. that's and then yeah, well, uh and they got repurposed for Shrek. Yeah. Walking on the yeah. Sun was just Okay. And then they it's covered the monkeys. The and then I saw her face. Why can't we be friends? Believe her. Yeah, but, I mean they just started covering stuff, and now they do kind of funny proms or whatever. So, I mean, <laughs> and I know, like, and you know, Sturgis or whatever it is, or um, bike, yeah. bike rallies. Like one of them left, right? Uh, there's two two smashers. I think there's two smashers. Jack, okay. ha- are you more of a Smash Mouth Shrek man or a Counting Crows accidentally in love? <gasps> Shrek. How can he choose? <laughs> I would probably go accidentally in love. Okay. Just yeah. So no reason. A, I'm, a, I'm a Dr. Jones fan. Or was it no Mr. Jones? What Mr. was it? Jones. Dr. Dr. Jones, Jones is Aqua. Yeah, what? Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. <laughs> Dr. Jones. Oh, it's the one. The Way one with the uh, with Courtney Cox. Wasn't she in? She was in the she Mr. Dated. Jones, right? Well, she dated at uh, Adam. What's his name? Oh, they all did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they, all the yeah, friends yeah. women did. All the, all the friends. I think even David Schwimmer dated <laughs> the guy with the fake uh, dreadlocks from Counting Crows. That's true. Yeah. I have something. I have to tell you that uh, Jack and I had a really small wedding. And I don't even know if we played music at our reception, uh, which we had a few days later on a weekend. Uh, but I've been telling him, like, let's uh, renew our vows in Australia so my family can come and we can make it a whole party. And I just like every now and then I'll remember a song I really like and put it on like a Spotify playlist as like a wedding party. And like so far, 80% of that playlist is Shrek songs from like movies one to three. They're just all, <laughs> all from the Shrek soundtracks. <laughs> I'm looking at the options here. You got a lot. There's there's yeah. just timeless hits like Joan Jett and Baja Men. Mm. So that's Baja, good. Yeah, we, we could probably like, get the Baja Men to come to our wedding <laughs> at this point. Uninvited. That's yeah. right, actually. 
there's a song uh it is you i have loved all along and it's like this irish uh melodic kind of thing that plays after the first movie and i was like that's gonna be our first dance <laughs> so that's that, where that we're actually, at <laughs> that actually sounds yeah. like a nice song though it is a nice song Unre- a like song. unrelated to shrek um Man. so katie I'm would not- you consider yourself a broker then what i either i I don't know Broger. what that word means. Broger. I can assume from the two words putting them like together, a, but it was like a brony, right? I've seen enough think, Shrek memes oh. to be concerned. Yeah, I mean, I hope there's nothing toxic about it, but I think brogers are just fans of Shrek, then, big fans of Shrek, love the memes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like an ironic love, though, right? That, that's what I get from it. Where Katie's like, Katie's got I, genuine love of yeah. it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there's yeah. no irony. Which I think is more pure. <laughs> Which is strange. <laughs> How dare you? It's my happy place. <laughs> Do you think in like like thirty years there's gonna be like a retro sh- like Shrek thing where all of a sudden like the kids are wearing like Shrek shirts and stuff and like didn't that come and go? I thought that was like no. a thing already. I I don't. I'm not sure. Well, it's been cause... twenty years. So you're oh. are you saying thirty God. years like ten years from now, Jack? Well, or I mean, another... like Shrek four came out what in in. 2010. So they're only 10 years away from the last one that was made. Shrek? There <laughs> is. I saw it once. That's that's the midlife crisis Shrek one. Shrek Forever After. Yeah. Oh. That's 100% okay. the midlife crisis one. And then So uh, we've had four Shreks and two Puss in Boots or one Puss in Boots? I've never one. seen the Puss in Boots. It's, it's one Puss in Boots. boots. Okay. And that came out. That was, actually, that's the most recent one. Um, Puss in Boots is the most recent? Shrek, or Shrek 4 is. Shrek, Shrek 5 uh, is slated for 2022 it was announced in 2016 but it's just gotten pushed and pushed and pushed and there's been some discussion about like would this be a sequel would this be a reboot i think it's going to be a reboot we don't know whether it's going to wipe the slate clean or katie's eyes went wide (laughs) (laughs) don't erase erase it i don't want to erase it yeah there's one where it's like it's there's a there's a thought where it, it could just wipe everything start anew or it could be a soft reboot so it reboots within its own continuity where you'll see characters return oh. and then, you know, could it retcon any of the Shrek, maybe something from three or four, who knows? We don't know if any of the actors will return. I, I feel like Cameron Diaz has kind of disappeared from acting. But, yeah. but she, she got paid so well for those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's an easy payday. She might get Justin back. Yeah. Michael <laughs> McCullers, who I think is writing the new Shrek he was quoted as saying I finished that script which I really 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 love it's really personal to me it's got a pretty big reinvention behind it that I guess I can't really reveal wow all right yeah what is Eddie Murphy up to right now I mean how does that make you feel I mean how does it make me feel it makes me feel concerned for the thing that I love but also a little bit excited because I, I really do love Shrek. It really is an easy movie to watch, an easy movie to put on. So if there's more of it, then that's okay. There's a lot of... <laughs> Adam's like, eh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, there, there's I, some... I, oh. I respect. Sorry, go ahead, Jack. I was saying, there's some stuff in Shrek, too, that's like, I mean, super questionable now, going back and kind of looking on it with, like, 2020 glasses. Like, at one point, uh, the dragon and donkey, like, yeah. Hey, so well, no, so what? so they go to rescue Fiona, and uh, and like you know the donkey t- donkey takes over like fighting the dragon. It's like, oh, you're you're a girl dragon, and then or a lady dragon, dragoness, and then and then you know Fiona and Shrek they they get you know they get together, and then they, they comes back and they get donkey, and the dragon's like literally holding donkey and not letting him go, and it's and, and she's like 
It's it gets awful. She, yeah, she, yeah. Like she's you, basically sexually at? assaulting him, and the reason yeah. it becomes sexual assault is because he says no one million times. Like he just repeatedly yeah. says no, no, don't touch right. me. There, like don't Pepe Le Pew. But, but you know, Katzenberg kicked the door in and said, "It's funny because he's a man." Yeah. And that's a, but he's a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. Now, I I will say one thing I really like about the Shrek series, the Shrekiverse, if you will. Is uh, I I'm a theme park nerd. It's it's, it's very uh, common knowledge that I'm a super theme park nerd. Shrek, there's a Shrek attraction at Universal Studios. I think it's in Universal. It, it was in it's in Florida, Orlando, or Florida and Hollywood. I might might be gone in Hollywood, and then also like in Japan. It is literally it picks up from the end of the first movie and leads into the second movie. Like it's a bridge in between the two movies and it's actually like canon too. Like the stuff that happens in that in the ride in the attraction it carries over into the films. And it's like, "Oh, that's actually kind of neat to like to sort of like take a piece of like, you know, like content and be like, "All right, well, the only place you can see this is at a ride yeah. in a theme park." And, you know, and you get a little bit more. It's like the same everyone's back from the first movie, they have this whole little bit and like that's cool to me. I, I think that was really neat. And so not I not like donkeys, legit. I'm, I'm surprised about it. I don't want to brag. But when I was 18, it was my very first trip. It was my very first time on a plane. I was sent as an Australian youth ambassador to this Tony Robbins summit in uh, California, University of California in San Diego. And I stayed there for a week. And on the last day, which happened to be my 18th birthday, actually, we went to Universal uh, in L.A., and there was this uh, little um, cart thing there that had like waffles, selling waffles, and Donkey was there. Oh my god! So I went up and like everyone was around him, whatever. And I was like, "Oh, what a great animatronic! That's so cool!" And I went to stand next to him, and this girl I was with was going to take my photo. And then he started talking to me. He's like, "Oh, hey, what's your what's your name?" And I was like, "Oh, Katie." He goes, "Katie, hi." And I shit myself. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I've never been to." That's the first theme park I had ever been to in my whole entire life. All of it was like magic. And the to donkey me. talked to and you. The it's donkey your name. talked to me, and I nearly died. And I just distinctly remember he was like, "Where are you from?" I was like, "Oh, Australia." And he goes, "Australia? That's where they say good night, right?" And I was like, "No, donkey. It's where they say good day. You silly animal!" <laughs> like it was the, the one of my greatest, most happiest memories. <laughs> the day uh, I met donkey. It's when the girl became a lady. Wow. <laughs> But anyway, that's what I remember from theme parks. I and, love that. Uh, Shrek. I, and then wow. Donkey like fell in love with you. <laughs> and we and ran you... away together and I never came back. <laughs> and that donkey's name was Jack Patel. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, that was God. me in a waffle booth uh, in California. We're going to talk about... Oh, sorry. Well, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Lee. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I, I wanna, really want to hear what you have to say. But we do have to hear a word from our sponsor, Adam. No. So you're right after. Right after. I'm the sponsor? No, uh, no right after the sponsor. Adam sponsoring Buy me. this. <laughs> this yep. is not sponsored by Adam. Took out a loan. <laughs> it's not sponsored by Adam. But thank you to our sponsor. And we're going to hear a word from right now. Hey, have you ever heard of HelloFresh? And no, I'm not talking about that kid that grew up on your street that was anything but. So you gave him the nickname Fresh and said HelloFresh. And no, I'm not talking about the gentleman down by the watering hole that would, you know, shout compliments at you. So you'd say, Hello, Fresh. Uh, no, I am talking about the fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You're going to save time, money, and stress here, okay? Because these recipes, they're easy to follow. 
even even for someone like me who's not in the kitchen often i'll tell you that uh, and they're quick to make which i like because when i'm hungry i'm hungry and the, the steps are so simple to follow here even pictures there are pictures so you can compare your food and say okay i nailed it or you know better luck next time um, but it, it won't be that hard i promise you it's delicious and nutritious so many options gonna get you out of your recipe rut Hashtag recipe rut. Don't even think about it. That's a thing of the past. You're going to be trying new meals. All right. There's something for everyone, whether it's low calorie, vegetarian, kid friendly. I I probably wouldn't mind the kid friendly stuff myself. And HelloFresh is sustainable eating because they deliver pre-portioned ingredients. So you're not overbuying. You get just what you need. And there's less of a burden on the planet in your wallet because of it. Okay. It's going to be right to your door in recyclable or already recycled content. I, I don't I don't know about you, but I cannot wait to get my order in the mail and see what I'm going to be cooking up. Or better yet, uh, someone else might be preparing for me, Benson. Uh, but in the meantime, I will wait and salivate. <laughs> and you can do the same, but you can also go to HelloFresh.com slash 80filmhouse and use code 80 film house to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. So that's hellofresh.com slash 80 film house code 80 F I L M H A U S total of $80 off across five boxes. It's a good deal. And, uh, it's quite a steal. If you ask me, hello fresh. Thank you. Thank you to our sponsor, Adam. Adam. back so nice yeah just a question for i mean this goes for everyone because i know we we've all been to theme parks and we love theme parks there's that thing shrek is sort of the embodiment of not disney right and then it being at universal studios which is also the not disney where something about universal studios they do a lot of really cool things but then it ultimately feels like they're trying so hard. They want to nickel and dime you on every little thing. Everything's sponsored by this or that. Like if they could sell it, they could absolutely sell it. Whereas like Disney kind of does everything with like class. And that's something they're very hardcore about. Universal's like, whatever. Put Minions Land. Yes. My God. Yeah. Make Sunday Comic Land. That will be relevant forever. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it's like it's like there's sort of like a cheapening to it. And that, it's like it's such a hard feeling to articulate. But like Shrek to me is sort of that it is sort of like the cheap other, but it still has a lot of positives about it. Like, I don't want to just shit talk Shrek, but like <laughs> well, it just, I don't know. Well, it feels like a tribal tattoo. I will say Shrek definitely made people realize like, Oh, Disney's not the only animation out there. Like, I think really Shrek was the one where DreamWorks animation started kind of getting some credit because after that you had like Ice Age and I was like, oh, that's a big hit. And even now people are like, oh, it's that Disney movie. It's like, no, 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 it wasn't Disney. And then you get the minions, you get, you know, Despicable Me. And it's like, oh, and like that, well, I, I think know Shrek was that podcast. <laughs> and that, that's I, I think Shrek really <laughs> kind of like made people realize like, oh, like they knew Disney, they knew Pixar. Because I think even before then, Pixar wasn't part of Disney yet. And right. um. And it was kind of like, oh, there's this other group making animated stuff that's actually really good. And I think that was it's good to have competition. You know, it's good to have different tastes, you know, like, because, you know, I mean, Miyazaki and stuff wasn't really as big in America at that point yet. But it was like, okay, we have Mm -hmm. different styles of animation. It's kind of like that. And even like South Park, it was like maybe animation is not just for children. Mm -hmm. 
Because South Park started in, what, 95 or something. So, I mean, like, at that point, oh, it's like... Fritz the Cat came out in the 70s. <laughs> Sorry. So, I, I think that definitely made it kind of, like, more mainstream. It's like, oh, yeah, we don't have to be Disney. We can be a little bit more edgy. And uh, an animation, you know, it's not necessarily just a children's medium. It's like, oh, yeah, we can actually have fun with it. I mean, it was, it's still a kid's movie, but it's mm-hmm. definitely, like, it, lo- it feels like it's aimed more towards, like, the tweens and, like... You know, teenagers, and it was at like little children. I also think mm-hmm. that's that's why Universal feels like that because Universal pr- produces movies like Basketball and and Indiana Jones and also Shrek and Minions and Despicable Me. They don't have like whereas Disney is very much like they have the family audience, and and mm-hmm. so they're able to make their park really cohesive. Whereas Universal. I feel like is more like a kind of really uh, intricate carnival almost. I kind of get those sort of vibes from it where you can go to all the different... I mean, The Simpsons literally plays off that. Like when you go to The Simpsons land, um, it's literally a carnival there. So I think that that's sort of what it feels like. A really intricate kind of haphazard but on purpose giant carnival with all your favorite properties. And depending on, on what your family looks like, whether it's like... Jack and I, who don't have any children, or if it's you know a, a, a couple who do have kids, you can explore different. There's something for everyone. It's different. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. Well, so like, yeah, Disney has the Indiana Jones ride, but then Universal has the Mummy and Van Helsing. Oh, whoops, my bad. Which is like, <laughs> no, no. I was just, I, I knew, I knew what you meant because when you you think like. Oh wow! I really enjoyed that Indiana Jones ride. No, 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 that was the Mummy yeah. with Brendan Fraser. That's what and I like, who? <laughs> yeah. No, what do you mean? I love Brendan Fraser, but that is what He's I actually, meant. I meant the Mummy. But we we've talked about this before. Yeah, you guys have been on the Mummy ride in Florida, right? Yes. yes. Where I've been to both. Except, yeah, both. But that, that's a, that's a ride where you get more out of it if you're actually in line. Except the ride is so old and it's based on a movie that came out so long ago that there's no line, so you just rush through it now. Yeah, and like Brendan Fraser, like he's in the, in the whole thing. He's doing like behind the scenes interviews, but the whole thing is about like a BTS interview that goes wrong and the mummies take over, but you miss all that. Cause no yeah. one's waiting. In line <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I didn't know that until you just told me that. <laughs> so. uh, we we, we kind of pieced it together after we went on it. Yeah. Uh, before you sit in the ride. queue and watch the video and get like, Oh, here's the backstory. But now it's like walk around and up and you're on. So. you're on. I love it. It's great ride. The, the, for what it's worth, the one in, in, in California, there's none of that. Like, it's literally like it's a mummy ride where it's like it's spooky and scary. There's no 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 reference to the actual mummy movies that are the Brendan Fraser mummy movies at all. So. Yeah, but now we have Tom Cruise mummy, which they've abandoned. Yeah, yeah. And then they're the, going to do the, Blumhouse mummy. So. The, the Dooku fell apart pretty quick. Yeah, there should just be a Tom Cruise at the end. It's like, hey, go see my movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just Tom Cruise. <laughs> Just standing there. Uh, yeah. uh, God. Well, yeah, Universal is sometimes a graveyard in many ways of different properties or of declining properties, which makes me wonder if someday Shrek could ever fall into that. Katie's shaking her head already. She's saying no, which which makes me wonder if, you know, we are on the precipice of a Shrek reboot. Could this fail? Is there is there an audience still waiting or is there a new audience that could even be captured? by Shrek. Is this a done deal? I don't know. I, th- I think the beautiful thing, to, not to jump on this, but the beautiful thing about animation is like your your voice doesn't really age that much. And so Mike Myers could be 80 doing Shrek as long as he can keep up the, you know, the energy for it. 
And I mean, like, like the Simpsons has been going well, like, God, like 32 years now. And it's pretty much all the same voice actors. They all sound pretty much the same. So the idea of like doing a reboot where it's like, we're going to recast Shrek. And it's like, hmm, why? You know, it's like you still have the original. Like, I mean, I don't think Mike Myers is saying like, no, I won't do that. I don't think he's so artistically oh, no. inclined that he won't. So I think to me, like the idea of rebooting it, if it's not going to be like a spinoff or something or like, you know, son of Shrek or something like that. Like, I don't understand the point of. of they got magic. They can they can go back in time or something and redo stuff. I mean, that That's the that's the hotness right now. Right. Soft reboot. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, I guess so. But at that's, the same time, that's it's the like the fourth it, movie, though. That's literally what happens in the fourth I mean, movie. Oh, I, <laughs> did, I didn't know there was a fourth movie. <laughs> I was just wondering, like, do kids back still time, care about it all like, again? Does, does a, a group of, of kids that was born five years ago, is Shrek going to even be an IP that they care about? Well, that's up to the that's, parents. Yeah, right. That was that's their responsibility. It's up, yeah. to, it's up go, to me to have wants- kids that, that, that then care about Shrek. So you're saying to parents now, sit down your kids, educate mm-hmm. them in Shrek. Yeah. You go, this is Disney Plus. Everything on here is garbage you watch shrek <laughs> yeah and shrek. only shrek one and four we have disney plus at home disney plus at home is shrek um yeah i, I mean i i don't i mean I, I can't see them rebooting shrek to the point where it's like let's just change all the unrecognizable the yeah. exactly there's the title of your podcast right there <laughs> well, shrek i was gonna, yeah, we, I was gonna paint myself green and but Elise wouldn't let me. That is not true. That is absolutely not true. I was like, uh, I'm gonna just come to this podcast green. I, I think C- you're covering your body in paint is Elise's thing. I have paint myself green. Yeah. And then you said, and then I think you said, so I'll do it for the next invisible. one. Oh god. Do you guys have any final th- thoughts on Shrek? And that is thoughts with a T H O T S. Any closing thoughts as we? How did Donkey and the Dragon have a baby? Like, how does that? How <laughs> does that work? They have so many babies. Know. Donkey I doesn't mean, even know how they had them. They're all half, I mean, half yeah. dragon, half donkey babies too. But don't dragons? I guess maybe dragons lay eggs. Yeah. So maybe it's a thing where like she laid eggs and then he fertilized them. Oh uh, no! I, I, I what? That's I, not yeah. how eggs work. <laughs> yeah, that's how like that's how like frogs no, fertilize sure. eggs. Yeah, yeah. amphibians and 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 sea creatures. Oh, I'm so, uh, like it's true. Dragons, dragons. are there are what mammals? Yeah. Are they reptiles? Would, I'm not sure exactly what. Like, but even reptiles, <laughs> yeah. they have to mate. I would like some information on this. You I'm gonna what? tweet DreamWorks real quick. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how donkey and dragon make baby? Well, Actually, yeah, I'm sure there's art of that somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. You probably see it. That's the well, joke you know. in the third movie is uh, Shrek, when they're on the ship and he finds out that Fiona's pregnant, he says, how did this happen? And then Puss goes, well, when a man and a, and a woman love each other, they have strong feelings. And he goes, no, I know how it happened. And then he walks away and Donkey goes, how does it happen? So, like, oh, not even donkey. he knows. Oh, so Donkey might not be the father. That's a dark mm. side They oh, very no. much look like. I want that reboot. Uh, I want the Christopher Nolan dark reboot of Shrek. I'd watch it. I don't know. Dark Knight. I feel like there's so many things that, that, so many more things that they could include. Um, There's Mm -hmm. so many. um, Yeah, what what has become public domain recently? Right. Like H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I think think the Mickey Mouse logo is now (laughs) public domain. Oh, is it really? Uh, Yeah. I think so. But once again, good luck with that. Yeah. 
why why not bring in those characters i don't know i just uh i don't know i i think it aged pretty well there are some questionable things in it for sure um but i do think it aged pretty well and i still really enjoy watching it it is like a comfort film for me especially during quarantine um i am now pretty convinced that I might be the only one who feels that way. <laughs> that no, it's matter. a great movie. It's a great movie. It's become, it, it, in, in the zeitgeist and in pop culture, it's become this whole other beast, mm-hmm. uh, especially when the internet got a hold of it and the memes and, and everything. But it is a, yeah. a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. I agree. I think it definitely has, I think 3D in general doesn't age particularly well. Yeah. I, I say that even with The Incredibles, still one of my favorite uh, animated movies and it it looks dated toy story there's just some toy story one looks yeah, yeah there's i mean you look at toy story two versus three versus four it's like it, it's always night and day with those and then at one day one point those will look dated um wally holds up i think mm. a yeah. bit because it's all robots and final fantasy spirits within really holds up <laughs> yes Wait, is uh, Alec baldwin's voice acting 3d animation top. 3d animation oh got it got it i was kidding. I, th- I think there is the last movie did uh, but yeah, okay. I see well, the, the rides in 3D or the the shows in 3D. Ah, got it. Uh, well, thank you both so much for coming on to talk with us about this oh, revolution. Um, <laughs> When's the Despicable Me podcast? Yeah, uh, we'll have to see when that anniversary is uh, and do a podcast six months before that happens. It may have passed. Uh, oh. But yeah, thank you guys. This is this was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that you s- suggested it, Katie. Um, I can't I, believe I'm, you took me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just the way you said it, like like it was a done that like let me know when you do the Shrek podcast. Like yeah. it's a thing that was gonna happen. Um Well, let guys, me know whenever you do the Trey Parker Matt Stone podcast, because uh, I'll go over oh, their filmography with you and I'll That's heartbeat. actually something we should really do. I mean we should do yeah, Despicable we'll Me get, we'll as well. But uh, well you got Cannibal, you got Orgasmo, you got uh you got uh, basketball. You got the, the actually the last Despicable Me was uh, was Trey Parker. Trey Parker. Oh yeah, but that's not Matt Stone. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we got we go over the two of them. No, we should do that actually, and just talk about South Park too. That'd oh be my God. pretty, pretty small I, I'm, podcast. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Uh, Jack, in everyone can find you day to day on Achievement Hunter. They can, or you can. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Jack underscore P on Twitter, uh, and YouTube.com slash Jack Patillo as well. As I got a bunch of like my gaming stuff on there, my personal stuff. And Katie, you're on Twitter at Katie. I don't know how you Just scored that. At at Kate, I I know a girl. At spell Katie. it. Spell it. <laughs> oh, sorry. C A I T I. Katie. Yeah, at Katie or uh, on Instagram at Katie Ward. And you also uh, run a, a candle enterprise, a candle racket, I call it. <laughs> a candle it. racket. Um, That's right. How's the candle but... racket? Uh, I do. Yeah, Katie's Candles dot com. Nice. He's so lovely, and uh, and Adam and our you know film house whatever. Uh, yeah, you know I'm just toiling away <laughs> trying to find a copy of Shrek. <laughs> I'll lend and, you uh, mine. I'll lend you mine. We're gonna oh, uh, go to <laughs> a, a quick word from our sponsor, and then after that, it's time for Ryan's recommendation. Yes. You may have noticed in the recommendation episode of Film House, we didn't have one from Ryan Haley. That's because it was such a good recommendation, it would embarrass all other recommendations to follow it. So now, please. 
Uh, enjoy Ryan's recommendation, but first, a word from our sponsor. Thank you. Big shout out to AT&T for helping us throw a huge RTX this year. Without them, the show wouldn't have been possible. AT&T's 5G network is now available nationwide. Whether you're at home or on the go, you'll enjoy coverage in more places. Plus, AT&T doesn't make it complicated. 5G access is included in all best consumer unlimited plans at no extra cost. For more information on AT&T 5G, visit att.com slash 5G. Next up, I'm talking with Filmhouse's most interesting man. And that's Ryan Haley, who has amazing eclectic taste. I don't always agree with his thoughts on Leprechaun, uh, which I don't know which Leprechaun that was, if I'm being four. Back back to the hood. Back to the hood. I don't we don't always see eye to eye there, but I do. um, No, we don't. I do respect and value your movie opinions. What are you bringing to the table? As I to you. Thank you. What? Oh, for for what am I binging? Yeah. Well, uh, what's your what's your recommendation? What's your your big rec? So this is my rec, and, and and I watched it over the summer because this is my this is my go to rec. So if 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 somebody is coming to me and they're like, oh Ryan, you have eclectic, uh, awesome movie taste. Everything you recommend to me is amazing. Um, what is my go to recommendation for somebody who uh, wants you know a movie recommended by me? It is Love and Peace by Shion Sono, this Japanese film that I'm recommending to you right now. I've never heard uh, of this movie. No, no one has. You're not alone. Okay. Not many people has, but 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 what I it, it is a guaranteed crowd pleaser. All right. If you're into weird movies, especially weird foreign films, especially weird Asian films, Love and Peace is is it. It is the mecca. I, it is basically oh, go for I it. I see What's it up? described here as an unexpected family film, a tender fairy tale. Yeah, it, it has everything that I personally want in a film. So it's is it is like. It's, it's it's like a Spielberg esque film done by the filmmaker who did Suicide Club. Oh. Did you ever see Suicide I, Club? I, I haven't, but I know of it, which is dark. No. Oh yes, very dark. <laughs> yes, exactly. But he decided to take a detour and make a very warm hearted, um, like just optimistic, hopeful, incredibly cinematic with amazing uh, effects, family film called Love and Peace, of all things, right? And you are not going to believe the plot of this film, Elise, even if I told it to you, which I think I'm going to right yes, now. Yes, please. Just, is it okay if I kind of spoil a little bit of the movie for you right now? Yeah, I'm okay with it. As, we'll disclose to the audience that if you if you want to yeah. watch Love and Peace bl- going blind, now's the time, but otherwise Ryan's going to lay it down. Please just trust me. Go watch this film and then come back to this part of the video. But basically, what Love and Peace is about is, <clears throat> pardon me. What Love and Peace is about is a man and his pet turtle. He's kind of an unconfident, wimpy doofus of a man, and he has a pet turtle. And all of his coworkers make fun of him for his pet turtle. And he listens to them, and he flushes his pet turtle down the oh, toilet. Oh no! All right. So then the pet turtle goes down the drain, and oh, this is the opening credits of the film. It's him going down the drain, and he finds a magical world of other lost toys, other lost artifacts that a homeless man has been keeping. And this homeless man has a bunch of magic marbles, okay, that he feeds to the toys that make them come alive and give them conscious personalities and stuff. All right, are you following me? I'm Elise? with you. It's heartbreaking, and I kind of love it already. And so the, he wants to give the turtle, I believe he wants to give the turtle just kind of regular old magic marbleness, 
but the turtle acts, but the, the marbles get spilled and he accidentally gives him a wishing marble. Okay. And guess what the turtle's wish is for the wishing marble. The turtle, this is all live action too, by the way. Not yeah. Pumpkin. My guess would be that the turtle in a, in a, this feels a bit like a classic Pinocchio story. So it would be that the turtle wants to be a person. Mm, kind of. Okay. What the turtle wants is for his old owner, his best friend in the world, the one who flushed him down the toilet to fulfill his lifelong dream of becoming a famous rock and roll star. Classic Pinocchio story. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So then unbeknownst to to his old friend, all of his dreams start magically coming true. It kind of seems like a coincidence. Every, like he just happens to kind of uh, meet these record producers who just happen to, he kind of, he sings a song about his lost turtle, right? Called, I think it's called like, I actually think it is called like Picanone, which kind of rhymes with Pinocchio. Where is the turtle while all this is happening? In in the magical sewer land with okay. the with the creatures. Okay. But but unfortunately for him, every every time that the owner, every time that his best friend gets part of his dreams coming true, he gets bigger and bigger like Godzilla, the turtle does. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, basically, by the end of the film, his old best friend is the most famous musician and rock and roll star in the world with his hit song, Love and Peace, about his old turtle. And the turtle is now like the size of Godzilla coming to his big concert at this giant stadium. And it all climaxes in a huge, awesome concert with a Godzilla-sized turtle. So, does the turtle have no concept that because of its size, it can wreak havoc? Like the turtle just thinks it's going to this concert to reunite with their old owner. Exactly. Aww. Yes. And, and, yes. In fact, it, not only that, the the the, uh, uh, the he he had built like what are those things called when you build like a little tiny version of like a house or something? Like a like <sighs> a, a, a uh, if you were building a diorama. Yes, a diorama. He had built a diorama of of a street. And a stadium saying, like, this is where I'm going to play Aww. one day. And he had the turtle walk through it. So the very end scene is the turtle walking through the street to the stadium to see his old friend. But as a giant, he has no idea how much destruction he's causing. I love it's that. awesome, Elise. I love that. Oh, it's amazing. So is there any. And the song is amazing. Is that just kind of where it goes? Or is there any reconciliation between the turtle and the man? Oh, yeah. They, they kind of have a face to face like in front of the whole world, the whole audience uh, moment where it's a giant turtle like reconciling with his, because the guy kind of becomes shitty. It's kind of one of those classic stories of like, oh, your dreams come true, but then you kind of become an asshole and become what you hate. And he, all the fame gets to his head. You know, this movie has everything at least. You got, you got like celebrity, fame, uh, redemption, money, you got friendship, redemption, you have magic, and so you, you have homeless people and, and, ma- sewer, and powers. Toys. sewer powers. It's insane. Yeah, I it's, guess I it, highly recommend it. Um, it's a little like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that aspect. Turtle goes down in the sewer, gets powers. A little bit, honestly. And it, it, it kind of has that the, 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 the practical costumes and effects have that feel. It's very uh, it feels real because it, it is real. I, I don't know how he he made all those toys come alive like that and, and give them all real cool personalities. But he did a great job. Do the coworkers that belittled him into getting rid of this turtle, do they get any kind of just desserts? 
Oh yeah, yeah. They they he definitely. I forget exactly the scene, but he comes back and rubs it in their face for sure, and they all know that he is like they're like, what the heck happened to them? Because he 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 is kind of like he's almost lawnmower man esque at the beginning of the film. Oh, like he's super stupid basically, and everyone is making it's fun a of him. Social really mean pariah to him. sort of thing. Yeah, kind of, and he and he doesn't know how to take it, and it's sad and 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 stuff. But then, but, but then he becomes smart and popular and famous, and then he kind of becomes what they were. How do you come him. upon this movie? I saw. I went to Fantastic Fest in Austin. I used to go every year, and this is just one of those treasures I found. And I and I. I I saw it in the best way possible, meaning I didn't know anything. So if you're listening to this and I just told you the whole movie, you know, uh, it's a little less than my experience. That's on I you. just sat down. That's on the, that's on the people. Li- that's on the people listening. We told them. We warned them. <laughs> yeah, we warned you. But I sat down in the theater, in the dark theater, just like it should be in a film where you're just like, I just, I know the minimal amount. And as it unfolded, I just was like, wow, this is everything I want in a film. Not only that. I, I, every year, at least, I don't know if you know this, but I rank the movies in order that I see, okay? And and then at the end of the decade, I'll rank all the rankings in an order, and then I'll kind of make the decade and list. I have heard that you do this, yeah. And this movie got number one of the 2010s for me, personally. My number one film of the decade is Love and Peace. What was the runner-up? Do you remember? I want to say it was... Fuck, dude. Uh, I think it was the fighter, or wow. wild, t- or wild tales. Wow, fighter, or wild. It's not even tales. like Dark Knight. No, okay. <laughs> I mean, I. Well, Dark Knight for one is in two thousand nine. I, I want to say. Oh, oh so, so I'm sorry. This is two thousand tens and onward. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pardon me. I, I so, don't know why my brain went there. So haha. So so this is a pretty <laughs> great recommendation from you then. This is uh, thank you. The yeah, this is my number one recommendation. I, I think that I, I guarantee that if you watch this film, you cannot watch Love and Peace and at the end uh, feel like you wasted your time. You're definitely going to go, okay, that was an experience. Maybe it wasn't for me, but I, I was the the, the 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 your heart has to be so black and cold to not love Love and Peace. Okay, this film is for everybody. This is this is Ryan's. He's saying it here now. It's a guarantee. Guarantee you will love it. Hopefully, and at least like it. You will not not like it. Guaranteed not to not like it. Thank you, Ryan. Mark, 15 years in a game, producer MC. Still delete your best 16 like when man producing MC. Came for the times it was rare to produce 